Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now. UCF news, views, and a few hot takes. Now, here are your hosts, Bailey Night Mode Adams and Christian Goldpants Simmons. Welcome into episode 87. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at Simmons, and at Night Sports. Now, we've got a very special guest with us today, a first-time guest uh, joining us on episode 87. You think about goats, MJ, Brady, Serena, you think about the boat, Blake Bortles. Today we've got the folk, the freshest of all time, from the tucks on Big 12 Day to the floral UCF for uh, Big 12 Media Day to that all-time mustache back in 2020. We've got Associate AD for content, the content king, Eric DeSalvo. Eric, how are you? That's that's by far the greatest intro I've ever had in my life on <laughs> anything, so thank you, Bailey. Doing great. How about you guys? Good. I've been thinking about that intro for like three or four days now. So, I hadn't wow. heard the intro in advance. That was impressive. <laughs> I, was ready that was, like, I was ready to hear like coat because the content of all time or, <laughs> you know, I don't know, but you couldn't work just, a hashtag in there, but that's fine. It's, it's good. Yeah. yeah. I just had to, I don't know. I was just thinking of like wearing the tux, you know, wearing the floral UCF shirt. And then I was just thinking, I was like, didn't you have a mustache at one point? Then I had to go back and find the picture of your mustache. And I was like, yeah, I got to get it. It got hidden a lot. I, I picked the worst year theoretically <laughs> to have a mustache because it was hidden behind a mask for the majority yeah. of the year and also made eating terrible. There's a reason I got rid of it to uh, to move into 2021. And I'll know Man. I'll always know an image was 2020 by having that. Man, so there, that's the first piece of news is that Eric will not be bringing back the mustache for it. Won't, it won't be back. But I love the idea have... of doing all this like research, like, you know, looking like past uniform <laughs> stuff and Bailey's like, when did Eric have a mustache? Like, I've got to get yeah, this like, like I... nailed down for the pod. I was like, I think it was 2020, but I can't remember. Oh, yeah. So oh, got yeah. to have that. Speaking of the new uh, uniforms, that's what we're here to talk about. Got plenty to get through. I know Christian is chomping at the bits, asking questions, but we'll just start out baseline. Can you just go through the process a little bit of how you guys started designing these uniforms? Yeah, I, I looked it up. I did some show research uh october 25th 2021 is a boardroom of uh jimmy skiles terry mahajer scott carr when he was here brad anderson emma schneider our lead designer and josh Brudico, our uh, football recruiting designer all in a room impromptuly just making and finalizing all the uniforms um that uh october 25th um late afternoon so um you know the process started when we knew we were up for uh, a refresh then you know the nike chassis was obviously old on the other uniforms but as jimmy scott alluded to the other day you know with covid and everything we had to kind of delay that and so uh this was the year and the bottom line our uniforms were not broken okay <laughs> they were excelling everybody knows that and you don't want to mess with an iconic look so our mindset was let's just refresh this look there's pieces of these uniforms that work extremely well there's pieces that we would like to move forward and um you know when you have those people in the room you're able to accomplish that and um so a lot of those pieces i think we were able to incorporate that we wanted to and um uh, that's where it started was uh officially the october meetings where i started and almost got finalized completely but um emma had been starting working on those for at least a month month and a half so good 10 months ago. That's... Yeah. Yeah. And then you submit them and then you wait and you wait for, you know, um, the shipping uh, labels to come through for bread and you wait <laughs> and, and, and you continue to wait. <laughs> oh, man. 
So I'm curious, did Gus or Terry Mahajer have any input at all? It seemed like on the Twitter space, Terry definitely had some opinions about the uniforms. I'm curious, when did they get involved in the process? Was it like, we're done? Here's what we're, lo- here's what we're looking at, anything like that? Yeah, it, it was more so for, for Terry. Um, he'd been through this before um, at Arkansas State, and uh, he, he enjoys um, this aspect of, of the job. And, um, and so we brought him in because we had these looks and we're like wanting to know what he thought, what kind of influences he might've had. Um, and so that's where, you know, we had that our standard black and white and with us moving away from pewter and anthracite, we still wanted a third uniform. Um, and that's where he's like, I really love just straight black and golds. How can we do that? And we looked at other schools who do it. Wake Forest has a version, um, Vanderbilt has a version. And we're like, yeah, I think we can make that work with our look. And so that's how Night Mode was born. And then that day was actually a day we were going through the night, the Nighthead revisions. And so that's how (laughs) Night Mode was born was because earlier in the meeting, we were showing the versions of the Nighthead and how we had settled on that. And we're like, hey, Terry's in the meeting. Let's just go through the uniforms. (laughs) And so... Like that was, that's why that meeting's like talk about like, holy cow, in two hours, we finalized the secondary logo for the athletics department and uh, we got the uniforms taken care of. So um, it just tied in really well together because we wanted to keep the Pegasus um, and then also tie in a new elements with the new Nighthead. And um, definitely excited about seeing them all together. That yeah, is probably my think... favorite way to like come up with a jersey is you're just like, well, oh, and there's this logo we just came up with right here. Like, let's throw that on there. Yeah. Demo, put it in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like we like you said, and like it was kind of teased. I think it was Jimmy tweeted uh, at one point that it was kind of just gonna be a, a modern take on what has become the classic look. Was there ever any talk about doing something a little crazier or kind of you know redesigning completely, or was it always gonna be just kind of reflected of just an update basically yeah it, it was it was never a full redesign um just because they weren't broken uh right. it was a look that people were accustomed to um and it, you just don't want to overhaul something like that um and and we there are some other touches that you know maybe we'll be able to add in the future that didn't make it in this round so um there's we're always thinking about those things, but the overall look staying close to the same is not a bad thing whatsoever. Absolutely not. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 100%. That was like one of my, I guess, not biggest fear. I mean, call it a fear. I care that much about this stuff. I have fears <laughs> and worries. I have nightmares about uniforms. Like when we first started hearing about when I think it was the Orlando Sentinel and Terry was like, yeah, there's new uniforms coming, by the way. And uh, yeah, that, I, that one caught us all by surprise. <laughs> I was so confused. I'm just, it was just, you just opened the story and Terry's like, oh yeah, new uniforms. It's going to be great. He's been known to do that now, I guess. In the Twitter space the other day, he was, he was revealing some stuff. <laughs> you guys told him about the soccer uniforms, right? No, we didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man. man. I, um, but yeah, so you talked about how Terry kind of like set the gears in motion for the night mode jersey. So was the plan originally to just have a black jersey and white jersey? Was there always the idea of doing a third and just not really sure what it was going to be? Yeah, the third was kind of up in the air. Um, And so in that meeting, hearing his um, thoughts on it, as well as Brad Anderson, head of equipment, and putting those all together, um, it was literally designed in there with Emma having the files open 
um, and just, you know, turning those numbers straight gold, putting them on the black and then um, taking care of the shoulders. And we're like, okay, that's a, that's a tough look there. Um, definitely like that one. And, and, and once again, it gives us options too. If we want to go all black, if we want to tie in a gold helmet, black jersey, gold pants, like you can do that. I think that's one of the biggest surprises is the guys love the gold pants. I remember when we wore them for the East Carolina game last year. They loved it. 2020, when we went to Houston and had the gold, white, gold road look, fantastic road look. Um, they they loved it. So uh, as Brad said the other day, like the, the, the leadership council definitely has input. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, gold pants are once again a part of this uniform package. That makes as me happy as... because I love the gold pants. and. Yeah. That's classic, classic UCF, though. I'm as a kid growing up, going to the Citrus Bowl, just like you guys. Like, hey, they're wearing gold pants with a black jersey and a gold helmet, or a or a black helmet, or whatever it was. It was gold back then, but um, that's a that's an iconic UCF look. Listen, the East the East Carolina combo this past year, I loved it because it was yeah. like, I mean, that was how you see it. Like, that's my childhood yes. picture of UCF in my brain, and like seeing that like modernized was freaking cool. I mean, I'm and I'm, we played just like we played back in 20 exactly. <laughs> we just did it. The, the We're carrying this all the way through. Perfect. Uh, cardiac nights all the way oh my so i have a quick question on the gold pants while we're on the tangent because i don't know if we saw them in any of the renders other than in the actual reveal video do the gold pants have are they going to have the polaris stars have down the side black polaris stars okay yep. cool nice. awesome yep. oh, it's gonna look so good. nice well as long as that third jersey wasn't going to be gold i think uh i think everyone's gonna be happy <laughs> gonna be pretty happy um but speaking of that how is i mean seems pretty positive to me but how has the fan reaction been uh, how have you guys kind of found that especially out at um you know, the charge on tour on Friday night, I saw that they had a mannequin with the new uniform. Yep. How was, how was all that going? Yeah. I think when people get to see it in person, we got to put the video out through Gus later in the day of Ryan and uh, Josh Ellisgar, um wearing the uniforms. And I saw some opinions start to change just by seeing it <laughs> physically in person. Renderings are tough. Yeah. Emma did an amazing job of laying out the sheet and showing as best you can on a computer generated uh, rendering but it, it, you can't do it full justice until you see it in person. And so, um, you know, I think, I think for the most part, very favorably, I, change is tough. I get it. The, the number font, I, I think I wasn't mentally prepared to see as many people have strong opinions about it as I did, but I understand it. It's the biggest change in that uniform set. And you've just witnessed UCF make its best run in program history in these uniforms and that big of a change is going to be like, oh, I don't know if I want to see that go away. I get it. Uh, totally. I just hope they enjoy seeing it on the field. Like we think it's going to look, obviously none of us know, <laughs> but um, I honestly think this look helps us look faster. It's a slender number. Um, the single digits look incredible um, on them too. And um, just the detail that Emma's designed into uh, the number font and being able to see that come to life is so cool well people hate change i, I mean i i can admit now i think that back at back at the time you guys released the new nighthead i was like oh but like i like the i like the old one now i can't believe i thought that i was like i can't believe that I, for a second i was like oh this is so much better like now i'm like i want all the merch with with yeah. the new nighthead you see the old you see the old one it just looks old it does yeah. it's just, the I have stuff around my room. like 
switch. Yep. Yeah. I had the same reaction when it dropped. I was like, I didn't dislike it by any means, but I was like, but the old night head, like, Oh my God, <laughs> it's been around for so long. And then like, we were talking this the other day. Cause my dad just got a big canopy with the night head on the side and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, this is like like how did I ever like the old one? <laughs> like it's just so weird how your brain flips. I like just that. I just ordered a new like a hair or headband for um I'm growing the hair out again and oh. it has the new night head on it. And I'm like, I just can't wait for it to get here. I was checking on the status today. I was like, hurry up, like get, get <laughs> here. But yeah, that's that's the change that I was like, I'm not so sure about this. And then like probably within a couple of days, I kept seeing it and I was like, all right, yeah, it's, it's it looks better. it looks really good on apparel. That's yeah. I think the biggest is seeing it in its physical application, seeing it on a wall graphic, seeing it on apparel, you're like, wow, that just stands out. It looks a lot more, it's going to grow to be quickly more associated with UCF than I think the old one. If you were a non-UCF fan and seeing this logo, I think you can gravitate towards like that's UCF. Um, so we'll see how it plays out, but you know, I'm excited to see it on ESPN this year, right? Cause they always ask for our updated logos. So obviously the stack logo is gonna be there. And then the Nighthead, they loved using the Nighthead on the old graphics packages. So seeing the new one, I look forward to how they use that too. That's yeah. going to be really cool. I Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, I feel like part of it too is just like, like the version on the Nightmo jersey where like the eyes and the star, are the different color and they just, the way it just pops out of the logo, I just freaking love it. Yeah. We can go about the Nighthead for the whole podcast. Like I could just talk about the logo <laughs> for us, but so I did, you touched on briefly, but so how exactly, what is the process for determining a combo for a game you mentioned how the leadership committee has a say is it them straight up picking the combo is it options of combos like what is the actual process yeah i think i think that's up to brad uh, we have a general concept going into each game week of what we think it should be and i think it's more of like a finalization with the guys um for that and so it, what we've picked majority of time is uh is usually given the thumbs up by them so um, yeah, we have, a, we have a master calendar for the season and we already have our thoughts of what we want for each game and, um, but stuff changes because of supplies, you know, it's, it's up in the air. Um, sometimes with, um, some of those are, or you're like, oh, you know what, that, that field uses field paint. Uh, we don't want to wear white pants on it and have it be just a pain in the butt to clean up. So we'll wear these black pants on the road instead. Um, it's just some some of those little decisions get made to to change up a combo. Do you Sounds ever? Like was, no, go ahead. Do you ever like change a decision based on you find out what the other team's going to wear? Like you're like, oh, they're going same pants color as we were planning or anything I like don't, that. Brad could confirm that, but I don't think so as much. Um, this day and age, it's so it's it's wild how rare it is you see now matching helmets by both teams. Right. You know that was. I feel like watching college football growing up, obviously you had what you had. Um, and even into the early 2010s, um, you had what you had, but now I feel like everyone's got a light in the dark. Um, so you, you see, you don't see that many times where you have the same colored helmet. Well, like, it sounds like if it was solely left up to the players, it would be gold pants all the time. Yes. So that's what it sounds like. <laughs> gold um, pants, yes. I think one of the one of the best parts about last year in terms of of uniform was just the the variety of you know helmet decals that you guys were able to bring out. Are you know, are, will the decal game still be as crazy as it usually is? Because I think that's what yeah. everybody's kind of expecting. Absolutely, um, and it's already been upped. If you've seen the detail shots, so the new number font, our knighted font, is is what it is called. The the area codes are all in that font now. 
And then on the back is a 3D textured. If this was a video podcast, this would be a killer shot. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, the 3D bumper of the new Charge On logo, which the Charge On is now in an italicized knighted and with the on um, having those lines through it. And it's on our facilities wraps now. You can see it on the soccer wrap outside of um, facing North Orion. Um, and you'll see it more places, but we did go Knights charge on and a similar font set. So it matches up well together. Um, but those are already there. And then decals, they, they will still be alternating um, depending on what the combo is and, and uh, what we think will look good with it. You know, I will say um, you're probably still going to see the night script only on the one side. And that's because that logo is very difficult to pull off on the other side because it slants. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know people are, especially, I think it's always on Uniswag, put it on both sides. Like <laughs> Every report. It, it probably wouldn't look good on both sides. Actually, we know it wouldn't look good on both sides. <laughs> so that's why it is that way. It looks incredible on the right side, but uh, on the left side, there's nothing wrong with that from a branding standpoint, right? You, you're going to get the UCF on the one side and the, and the night script on the other. And um, it'll make for some good shots, but yeah, we're definitely going to keep the, the decal game strong. That's why I always thought it was done was because you wanted to have the brand of the use, the stack UCF anyway. I, I didn't even realize the, the slant of the helmet. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. We always yeah. talked about the brand of it. Cause like, you know, I mean, for UCF fans, the script nights is great, but if I'm a random college football fan on a Saturday, I turn on the TV. It's like, you know, you, you want me to know who you are right off the bat. So I've always been fine with the yeah split, but you know, what can I say? I just have better uniform opinions than those uni swag <laughs> comments. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hot take. Seriously. um so speaking of the helmets so i think from the reveal so the helmets are you got white helmets gold helmets black helmets is that right in this new set that's correct gotcha that's correct that's i'm sorry i know i know you're i know this is team peter i'm talking to i Um, wasn't gonna bring it up but i'm sad about peter (laughs) (laughs) i'm afraid from saying something earlier because i know when we're talking about terry's input i was like terry's input seemed to be just get rid of the gray Yeah, I wasn't going to be like, all right, hot seat time. What happened to Pewter? We had the discussion on our last podcast if you could swap Pewter or Night Mode if you had to pick one. And I was like, I would go Night Mode, honestly, after seeing Night Mode. So I'm slowly converting. The, 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 the toughest part about Pewter was like, is that a road combo or is that a home? You know what I mean? Right. Because yeah. you have to get some special allowance by the team you're playing if you're wearing that. It, it, that, that was a tough part about it. I love the all Pewter look we had. Um, uh, you know, iconic. I just think of McKenzie Milne singling the first down in the USA one in 2017 and um, some of those there. But, you know, I, I think for this set of uniforms and when you see it all together, I think it makes sense having just that traditional black, gold, white um, on look. For sure. And as much as I will begrudgingly admit it, I mean, I mean, Terry Madra has a good point when he talks about, you know, the brand of the Big 12. And I liked his comment about how every team wants to wear black, right? Like every it's team wild is like, oh, when you look it up, jersey. you look up when you look up teams, even though, especially the ones playing in the Big 12 and see how many have had an iteration of pewter, like West Virginia wearing pewter. Like why? Texas Tech, <laughs> they have black and red, two of the strongest colors ever. And they're going to throw a pewter in there. Like, I don't know if those are still in the repertoire, but like they had them. Right. And so, um, being able to differentiate yourself as the only black and gold school in that league um, is, is, is a plus. Definitely. And uh, while we have you here and we're talking about uniforms, um, any hints you want to drop on the space uniforms? You can just tell us what they are if you want to. I mean, we're fine with that too. <laughs> you can just drop them here. Pegasus podcast exclusive. 
they're hot. They were uh, they were they were produced um, and submitted to Nike back in early spring, and um, uh, fans are gonna love them. I, I know that. Uh, former players are gonna love them too. So um, you know, it's fun seeing everybody's opinions whenever we rank space uniforms and. Um, so I, I know that they'll, they'll get plenty of love. Um, and as, as Jimmy shared on the spaces previous years, space game, uh, jerseys will be made available for purchase, um, which awesome. is awesome. So people could buy that Apollo one, people can buy the, uh, the, um, which one had they not been able to buy yet? Oh, last year's. Um, yeah. so that was that was that'll be cool for for those to be available for purchase without having no to, money it's great yeah exactly you have to go back and, and listen to everything you just said and try to read into all of it and try to figure out what's going on they're going to be expect, hot so there's flames yeah. on the space uniform <laughs> can we expect uh the space uniforms to be teased on microsoft paint wow you know yeah <laughs> brooke, brooke morris from our content team um threw that out there and uh I was like, just surely no one's going to take this seriously. Let's do it. And um, <laughs> uh, shout out to Mr. Nightman for putting it in the video game. I, th- I thought that was incredible. He does such a good job making those uh, those renderings inside the uh, the the game engine. Um, but Josh Brudico, our, our designer, like, Josh, you're a really good designer. I need you to be terrible right now and, and, and just make a really horrible MS Paint. You well, know, that was that was going to be my last question was, were you guys surprised by how seriously people took them? Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's, you never know how serious people are really taking them on Twitter. <laughs> um, just the nature of the platform can't really tell. Uh, but based on engagement numbers, I, it was very well received. I thought it would be well received. I don't, I don't think I thought it was going to get as much engagement as it did, which is great. I mean, our, our fan base loves uniforms. Like, so we're going to put uniform content out there um and and so might as well have some fun with it while we didn't have everything ready to release everybody (laughs) man yeah it was just like i just saw people it was this they were taking it like oh these are like these are teasers this is a tease not a joke this is a tease like this is what they're gonna look like they're gonna have we definitely want to have canaveral blue in there yeah, we definitely wanted to put stuff that fans always talk about, obviously, an all-gold version. Yeah. Uh, working in Canaveral Blue, um, stuff that could be taken seriously that maybe they would incorporate. But, um, you know, we save the Canaveral Blue for the space game. And um, that's the beauty of the space game is you can be different. It doesn't, it doesn't have to match what your, your uniforms look like. Um, so keeps it fun. Right. Christian, do you have anything else to, to ask for? Eric gets out of here while we have him here. Yeah, just thank you for changing my life by uh, helping to bring <laughs> these uniforms into the world. I appreciate it. Um, you know, growing up a UCF fan, there were dark times uniform wise, like literally until I hit college. So it's been it's been a great six years. <laughs> and yeah, that's really all I have is just I almost said that on the Twitter space. I was like, should I ask a question just to say thank you and then drop <laughs> out? But no, the uh the uniform evolution is something like when I first started working here, I always dreamed of us having Oregon style uniforms here. Um, and then when we hired Scott, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is going to, it's happening. It's the, it's happening, Jeff. And, um, you know, we, we've achieved it and I've been able to evolve it. That's the coolest part is just like taking concepts that, um, you know, prior to the 2017 homecoming game, like 
let's make this a space game and honor uh it's homecoming let's let's honor space and then all of a sudden it's like okay that was really well received let's build on this um you know that was that was jimmy's brainchild there and it just became a huge evolution to something that i think a normal college football fan would associate greatly with us which is really cool um and being able to brand yourself as space you and drip you and these things and it's not like far-fetched when you say i'm like there's so many phrases people say about their school and you're like yeah right <laughs> but like i think a lot of that is true for us um so i that's why it's so exciting. Like our program, the trajectory is insane, but um, for the branding side of things too, our trajectory is insane as well because we, we're not tied down by years and years of tradition. We can we can explore and have some fun and um, our fans are gonna let us know one way or the other if they like it or not. Like that's <laughs> the beauty of our incredibly engaging fan base is you always know where you stand. And um, it, I'll never take offense to people having opinions on this stuff. I'd rather them have opinions on it than not have any, because I know there's a lot of fan bases out there that the teams put out content and nobody engages with it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know how <laughs> hard these creatives work behind the scenes to make this and nobody's engaging with it. Um, but uh, we don't have that problem here. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. I mean, everybody loves the, loves the uniforms and just the, just the drip you stature and everybody loves the content that you guys put out. So we want to thank you so much for joining us, Eric. We've been talking about having you on the podcast for a very long time. And we were like, all right, I mean, this is probably a good time as any with the new uniforms dropping. So we appreciate your time. Happy to have, happy to have been here guys. Thanks Bailey. Thanks Christian. Yep. Thanks Eric. Thanks. Christian, the, um, the, the thing everybody else wants us to talk about besides the uniforms is quarterbacks. I mean, yes. we'll, okay. Hold on. Let me, let me stop. Do people want us to talk about the quarterbacks? Because I'm tired of talking about it. Well, guess what? I We're want, going to, whether they I want, want them to not. name a starter, but apparently they're just not ready to do that yet. I mean, listen, if the fans won't shut up about the quarterbacks, I feel like we should neither. So let's just keep it rolling. Um, yeah. So, at, you know, when fall camp started, Gus said that they were hoping to name a starter after the second scrimmage, the second scrimmage is coming on and a quarterback has not been named, which has <laughs> sent a significant chunk of UCF Twitter into panic mode. So that's been fun the last week or so. Well, the, the thing that just bothers me so much about it is like the fact that they won't name one forces us to keep talking about it. And at this point, like we're just going to keep regurgitating the same things that, you know, we've been saying. I, I don't think there's like a lot of new information out there. Well, that's the big issue to me is like nothing has really changed. <laughs> like, and is anything going to change between now and what is it, two weeks from now? I, part of me is like, I, I don't know. Part of me really thinks it's like the, the staff has to know at this point, right? And like, and that's kind of the boat I'm in now is like, I don't necessarily think there's still a decision to be made. I feel like there's a good chance the decision has been made and who knows what they're waiting on. They might be waiting on just let's let them both go against SC State and see what happens. They might be waiting on making Louisville prepare for two very different quarterbacks. They might be that's waiting on, you know, I don't know. It could be a billion different things, but it's like, I mean, we, it's just, I, I don't really... I know some fans are freaking out a little bit and I'm not going to totally like say you have nothing to forget about. Cause listen, I don't like the idea of going into the season without being sure. And we've reached the point where we're so close to the season that they could right now while we're recording name JRP name Mikey. <laughs> and it, we just still wouldn't be sure because we've just, we're so close to the season and it's gone on so much longer that now it's going to have to play out in a game. And I don't love that. But at the same time, I feel like there's a good chance that the staff, probably knows who it is and it's just yeah. not been announced and it's not been determined officially that's the thing to me is like it, i feel like they know 
and my theory on it, and this is where everybody gets their tinfoil hats out and tries to figure out what's going on. But my theory is that yes, they know. No, they don't want to announce a starter because they do want to make Louisville kind of prepare for both. And that's why they might go into South Carolina State, they might name a starter for that game, but then both are going to play and they're not going to really refer to, okay, this is the guy we picked. This is who won the quarterback battle. It's going to be both guys are going to play anyway, so you might as well go into week two and not let your opponent know who to prepare for. I don't know if that's what they're doing, but I feel like there's there's some logic to that, I like to think. Maybe. I don't know. And the thing that bothers me about it, too, is because a lot of fans are like, well, you know, we'll go see what we have against SC State. It's like, I don't think, that would, like, yeah. barring something crazy, that there's really anything that can happen in the SC State game that either quarterback can do that will be like, oh, okay, they're the guy. Like, it's SC State. It's a freaking FCS team. There are teams that will play an FCS team and literally win by 56 points and then go 4-8. and eight. So, like, I, right. there's just nothing that that, that game is going to determine. It's going to let us see both of them, and it will let UCF Twitter and UCF Media and whoever have real informed opinions now. But I, it's not like it's not like anything that happens in that game is going to decide who the quarterback is, which means it's coming down to Louisville. And if the staff has a master plan, great. And this could be all wrong. The staff could come out tomorrow and say, hey, it's Mikey, and we're serious. Like, this isn't, like, up for debate. Mikey Keene is our quarterback, and great. But the risk with, like, going into Louisville is I don't want to go into what is a very, very important game, a game that is going to set the tone of the season and be like god i wonder who our quarterback is like I, that is not yeah. what i want you know yeah that was the other point i was, I was going to make before i mean you just made the point for me is that the sc state game isn't going to determine anything like, I, I already know like the staff knows that they can't like that the sc state game is not going to tell them anything they're i know for us like i just i mean it's like no for a fact but like they know the caliber of opponent they have to start off the season they know that they've got to make a decision before then or if they're not going to make a decision before they announce a decision before then, they're not going to let that first game influence them. I, I wouldn't think unless it's like, like you said, something catastrophic where like one of them just goes out there and just doesn't know the offense. Even it if it's something catastrophic, play. I mean, Mackenzie Hilton threw three picks against SC State and no one cared. Exactly. And yeah, he had the job. I mean, he just was coming off of the best, one of the best seasons in UCF quarterback history. But either way, it wasn't even like, oh, we're worried about Milton. It was just like, well, it's an FCS game. Like, I just don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know. I just, I would, I would prefer whether it's JRP or Mikey, I would prefer that like now, like this week, they say, this is our guy. They coalesce around that guy and just say, this is what we're doing on the flip side. If there really is, and I'm skeptical, but if there really is some secret plan of let's, we know who it is, but let's make Louisville prepare for both. Like, okay. I, I, I don't know how much benefit that has at the end of the day. And you better hope that you're serious about that because what happens when you put in a different quarterback and actually do play better? I mean, I just, I don't know. I've said it's the same thing I've been saying all freaking offseason. I'm just going to reiterate it. I still think this ends with Mikey Keene as the guy. John Rice Pumley is a superstar version of how Joey Gatewood and Parker Navarro were used. And that's that. I really think I, I've since like freaking February, that's what we've been saying. And I still feel like that's where things are going to end. We just have taken quite the Twitter journey to get here. Yeah. And that's the thing is that's what's also confusing about it to me is that like he did go into, into camp saying, all right, like I would like to name a starter maybe after the first two scrimmages. He hasn't done so. I would still like to think that he knows who it's going to be. But like, if he's not going to announce it at this point, like if he hasn't announced it after the first two scrimmages, like what's the point of announcing it between now and the first game? Like it is. Yeah, because it... there's nothing else they can see here. I mean, they decided yeah. that Gus debated whether or not he was going to go live in the scrimmage, which is a little alarming because that signaled to me that he legitimately does not know who he wants to pick. And, you know, the scrimmage came and went, they didn't go live. And that, so that decision was made and it's like, okay, well, you're not, and I'm not saying that was a bad decision. I think that was a good decision. I, I, I can't there. We're in that unfortunate season where we're like midway or pretty late into fall camp. And you're seeing all the tweets across the uh, country from 
programs losing star players to season ending injuries. It happens every year. It's just because, you know, yeah. you're playing football. And I'm totally fine removing the quarterbacks from that, especially since you can have the equivalent of that against SC State. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, I don't know what inf- like I don't know what information is going to arise in the next two weeks that's gonna affect anything. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. And I don't really know what what there is between now and and you know, I think Originally, the plan was like we wanted to start previewing the roster and we were hoping maybe by the time we preview the roster, which obviously will be next week, that, that hopefully they have a quarterback. We might have to have this exact same conversation again next week when we're breaking down. Well, at like what point do we and... stop? Like, it's like we've said, we've exactly. I mean, about yeah. the quarterbacks for months. It's like we've said we have to say. The only like caveat I'll throw in is like a lot of fans I keep seeing on Twitter now who are like replying to me are like, well, Tommy, it's going to be Tommy. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't know what the heck that is about, guys. There's... There's zero. There's zero to that. There's no way. No. I mean, he, no he was sense. he was ruled out. I've been like, baffled by those replies. He was he was ruled out in the spring, wasn't he? Yeah, but they like come back and just, they say, but he's improved in fall camp, and he has improved in fall camp, and that's great. He absolutely which would has. Hope, would we hope that would be the case? He's yeah, he's, I mean, for, he's actually he's actually been on campus for a while now, but that doesn't change that he is not even remotely in this. And I I just don't. It's like. I don't know what the deal is with the fans that are just so anti Mikey Keene that like they will turn to it's going to be the true freshman who is a complete and total step below the other two quarterbacks is going to be the guy. The other thing it's like, aside from what we've heard about camp or anything, just like use a shred of common sense. It's like, this is arguably the most important season in UCF history. The offense is loaded in a way it probably hasn't been since the 1718 stretch. The defense is great. They are not going to use a true freshman quarterback. Because well, a true you, freshman quarterback, even the very best of them, will lose you at least a couple games. And they're not going to do that. Not with two good options ahead of him. Well, like when you're asking people to use common sense, especially I think UCF fans sometimes, like that's when you know like you're, you've reached a, a tough point. Because I don't even know why I brought it up, but it's just suddenly in the last three days, I've seen so much of this in my mentions whenever I met the quarterback. So it's going to be Tommy, you know. Didn't you hear Chip Lindsay's comments? It's like, how many times have I tell you guys, like, stop listening to the press conferences? Like, <laughs> stop listening to them. It's like the, the, the coaches have to balance every word they say because the players listen to the press conferences. And you can learn a little bit about stuff from pressers. You can learn more informational stuff, especially from players. But we just talked about a couple weeks ago. It's like, you need to filter what the coaches say. You really think Chimp Lindsay is going to come out here and be like, I need to let the world know that it's secretly Thomas Castellanos. And I'm just so eager to get this out here. Like, I, I, it's like common sense, guys. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously a coach is going to say good things about a young quarterback. And that doesn't have to mean that, oh, he's going to be the starter. Like this is he's praising him constantly. No, I mean, he's being asked about him. So he's going to answer the question. Sorry and again, play, players him. watch the pressers and aware of what the coaches say. And John Rice Plumley and Mikey Keene are getting a lot of attention because it's the starting battle. So it's not unsurprising for the coaches to be like, let's sure we're sprinkling some Tommy love in here. Let's praise Tommy publicly too, because we don't want it to act like Tommy just disappeared because Tommy is our long-term plan. I mean, as of yeah. now, regardless of what happens, this quarterback battle, the coaches think Tommy is like the long-term guy in 2023 or 2024. And I've seen some fans say, if he's the long-term guy, we just put him in now. No, because <laughs> this team is loaded and you have two other quarterbacks who are good and ready and he's not ready. That's uh yeah, See, look, we we brought a new came, angle. the courtesy of Twitter, we were able to bring a new angle to the quarterback battle because six months later, people rediscovered Thomas Castellanos. Oh, man. Can we leave the quarterback conversation here, I guess? And then yes. any other fall? fall let's make a let's make a pat right now. Let's not talk about the quarterbacks again until there's a starter. Let's just not do it. Can't do that. Yes, we can. We yes, can. we can. Yes, we you can. You know what we're supposed to do next week on the podcast. I know. And when we get to quarterbacks, we'll say, see our previous 45 podcast to hear our thoughts on the quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably break the pack, but yeah, 
We've been talking about this for six months. And frankly, there hasn't been new information for like a month and a half. Now. We're probably, we're still we'll talking probably end up doing though is like, just because do we want to tell people how we're going to do our roster breakdown? We did it last year the same way. We can. Yeah. It's not like, a I mean, we, we ranked, we ranked the positions by like our confidence level in them. So when we get to the, ranking the quarterbacks, we can just spend a good 30 seconds, say, here's this, here's this. We've talked about it a million times. That's it. So that's, that's okay. If fine. we're going to, we can, that's do that. the caveat to the pack. Sure. Let's do it. Bailey's going to carry that part of the conversation because frankly, yeah. I'm done. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I, I want to be done with it too, but I mean, as trying to put together a comprehensive roster preview or roster breakdown, got to mention them a little bit, but eh. so the, it's not uh, even that important of a position. <laughs> so the, the second scrimmage. That was happened, a joke before someone takes okay, that out of yeah. context. Okay. It's, anyway, go ahead. Um, the, th- the stupid thing is that someone would have, or like someone will still. I realized it right when I said, I'm like, someone's going to be like, oh my God, this someone's going to tweet like, ah, oh, this idiot at by C.A. Simmons. Um, <laughs> anyway. Can't believe, can't believe Night Sports now hired you. I was, hey, don't spoil the tweet of the week right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, as a little teaser. Um, so yeah, as we mentioned, the second scrimmage happened. Um, and from what we gathered out of it, the offense was better than it was in the first scrimmage when they didn't score a touchdown. Um, but the defense still, still won the day, which, look, listen, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to read because they said it was a situational scrimmage. I mean, they went like, you know, backed up in your own goal line situations. Like, you know, they just went basically went down the field and went through different situations. So like off of that, it's like, yeah, you know, like I think the defense is going to do really well when the offense is snapping the ball in their own end zone. Like, I think that's yeah. a good situation for the defense. And on the flip side, when the offense is lining up, you know, at the 10 yard line, like, yeah, that's not advantageous for the defense. So I'm fine with it. I mean, listen, we know they have a good offense. It would be a pretty big shock. I'm not, I, we don't know if they have an elite offense, but we, it would be a pretty big shock if this offense was not at least good. And if this good offense is struggling mightily with this defense, then that's great news to me. That's great. Yeah. News to me. I mean, we, I think I've kind of long expected the defense to be better than the offense anyway. Then I think they're both going to be really good. That's why I think UCS is such a good spot, regardless of who the person is that they pick about the position that we're not going to talk about anymore. Regardless of who's who's there, you came close right there. there, I think they have a really good shot at doing something special this year, just because the offense is going to be good. The defense, I think, is going to be even better. Yeah, so that doesn't bug me at all. And 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 like I said, this is the issue with like every every spring camp and fall camp is like any good news is also bad news because it's like you know oh the oh Devontae Brown got a pick that's great who threw the pick you know it's like or you know. Wow, the offense breezed down the field. Um, why was it the first or second string? Well, I mean, I mean, it's anything that happens. It's just like it. It's great and it's great and awful at the same time. The most extreme and most ridiculous example of this is like just I think it was last week. Um, in Bucks training camp, Kyle Trask threw an interception. Okay, but it was like it was a tip ball. One of the Bucks DBs, Jamel Dean, made the interception. I think it was Jamel Dean made the interception. The Bucks posted a clip of it. It was like a highlight. It was just like mostly it was focused on the interception. Right, people focused in on the pass and it was not a good pass it was like a duck and the comments got so bad about kyle trask that the bucks deleted the the post oh my goodness so it's just like you can't read into it too much one way or the other do you agree that the average college football fan cares a lot more about the offense than the defense yes fair to say yes isn't that even how fantasy football works i don't play fantasy football like, don't you pick all your offense players and then you just pick a defense? Yeah, you pick a collective defense. And That's some always been interesting. Individual defense a headache. That's always been interesting to me because, like, I, like I, because I, it is like something like that. Like, I'm like, you think you would be like, oh, this is so great, our defense looks awesome, but it's always it is it is completely about the quarterback. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know. I find that interesting. But yeah. why do they even care? They have Tom Brady. Why do they care about Kyle Trask going interception? Because it's about the future. 
Yeah, so it's about... Tommy Castellanos, and that's why he's no, going to start about... for UCF. We he's going to come out it. against SC State. It's going to take the country by storm. He's going to lose them at least three games. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Anything now else I've broken the path. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about um, in terms of fall camp updates? I mean, we've got. I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, Gus yeah. did say that the defense blocked two kicks, um, but it was second team. So I'm not like putting a ton of that. That Now that's a legitimate, uh, not good. <laughs> like, like that, That's not even like, I'm not even happy for the defense, but he did say it was yeah. second string. So I'm not super freaked out about that. It's not good. Um, um, that would be a great way for UCF to make up for not being able to kick if they just make sure whoever they're playing can't kick either though. Like, yeah. so, you know. Just be an elite kick blocking team. What if they were? They were like, we know we have a kicker. This is where we're putting our efforts. We're going to become an elite kick blocking team. Oh, that'd be rough. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're two weeks from Thursday. We kick off, and I'm looking forward to it very much. Um, but yeah, we'll leave that there. We'll jump into the football news. Uh, Ryan O'Keefe was named to the Campbell Award watch list. Just sneaking out these like a few watch lists now. There was a that one week where there was like six of them. I was about to say there's still watch lists coming out. Yeah, this one came out last week for the Campbell Award. Um, big news, actually, four-star defensive lineman Sincere Edwards committed to UCF last week, becoming the Knights' first 24 or 2024 commit. Um, I mean, that was a big, a big news. He committed early. Yeah, that came out of freaking nowhere. Like, I mean, I mean, I feel like the general assumption was he was going to end up at UCF. And frankly, those are the recruiting wins that this staff can like has really been talking about for basically a year and a half now because you know <laughs> it was hard when UCF came in and they've done a good job. I mean, they have a freaking top 100 player in this class, but it's hard to come in and not have relationships with these guys when there are situations where other teams have been talking to them all the way back as middle school, their freshman and sophomore years. And now we're seeing that. I mean, Sincere Edwards is a guy that UCF has developed a relationship with over a year and a half now. And it went so well that he was comfortable to commit already. And it's funny because UCF fans are like, whoa, this is crazy. A guy from the next class, not even the upcoming <laughs> class committed. It's like, yeah, guess what? Like the blue bloods do that a lot. Like, like yeah. the, like Florida and all them, like have filled out classes on us for 2024. And the fact that UCF is starting to enter that realm, even a little bit, I mean, locking down a top 300 player a year out and, you know, locking down is the wrong term. He could flip, but this is a guy that yeah. has been, had a very strong relationship with UCF. And those are the recruiting wins that we're hoping to see more of. And that the staff, that's what comes from talk. Like when you've been hearing from a guy or not a guy from when you've been hearing from a school or a coach for a year, two years, three years, it, that holds weight versus someone who shows up and discovers you late or whatever else. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely good to get that guy, that, that type of player in early, especially as a first commit. Cause we've talked about it with, you know, John Walker and, you know, the Harris twins about the momentum it can create. So man, if they can start creating momentum already for 2024 before 2023 is already, or even wrapped up be pretty nice you but. know they say that to win a national championship it's the whole blue chip ratio thing if you've ever heard of that it's that it's the belief and it's held true so far that you have to have i think it's you have to have four straight classes that are made up of 50 percent or more blue chips in order to really be capable of winning a national championship and ucs blue chip ratio for 2024 is currently 100 percent. so I mean, uh, so uh, that's not a misleading stat at all so good for ucf you can't hate that nope. um UCF's 2022 Hall of Fame class is out uh, representing football is Joe Burnett and Latavius Murray. They join um, softball's Mackenzie Aldis and uh, the spirit team, cheer team's Linda Gooch and the rowing team's Christina Sarf. Um, so I think they they usually do that ceremony or like that, like kind of dinner. It's like around homecoming, I think. I don't know. Could be wrong. Um, UCF announced its 2022 captains, which I think we kind of nailed, uh, except for the addition of an uh, of one more on the defense. They've gone with five captains: Ryan O'Keefe, Isaiah Bowser, Sam Jackson, Josh Seliscar, and Jeremiah Jean Baptiste. Um, pretty straightforward, I'd say. I like how you say um, we nailed it. Well, two of them were announced, but the other two, you know, 
led practice. Yeah, I mean, we, so. we just, yeah, throughout throughout we nailed it as far as like oh, based off of these clues from the the practice videos, we knew it. Based off of these um, clues, like the Orlando Sentinel saying Ryan O'Keefe <laughs> is a captain, we were able to figure yeah. it out. Um, Aaron Evans, former UCF offensive lineman and an incredible artist, he's got a new mural inside the bounce house. Go check that out uh, on Twitter, and of course, when you're there in person in a couple weeks, um, he nails it every time. It's it's fantastic. Um, and then final piece of news was the preseason AP top 25 was released on Monday. UCF is the equivalent of 33rd. Some of the other notables uh, within the AAC, Cincinnati is 23rd, Houston's 24th, some future Big 12 foes, um, Baylor's 10th, Oklahoma State is 12th, BYU is 25th, and keeping an eye on the group of five for this year, uh, Fresno State is 31st, just two spots ahead of UCF. But uh, anything, anything from there that you want to talk about or do you want to jump right in to Tweet of the Week? um yeah uh <laughs> you know what nah it's it's gonna go on too long i have lots of thoughts on the ap poll um okay. cincinnati being the highest ranked group of five team is a joke and there is a 0.000 percent chance they claim the new year six bid this year um it just doesn't surprise me it doesn't it surprise just, me either because the ap poll every year of it, the previous year it is here was what the ap poll is every year so i here's how you make a preseason ap poll ballot here's how you could predict it like perfectly you take <laughs> the the ballot from the previous season you move it over you remove any group of five teams that were ranked at the end of the season um except the one or two that were highest that had the best season you keep them um you leave everyone else exactly where they were um if someone had a coaching change if they're a brand you move them up if they're not a brand you move them down and that's it that's how you make a ballot i like it that's that's the formula build your own preseason ap ballot so that's the formula do it again next year try it at home with your friends it'll be fun um let's (laughs) jump into fun it will let's jump into tweet of the week tweet of the week okay so usf had some news today we got a couple tweets um usf had some news today in that uh is it jerry or carrie i've asked this every time he's come up on the podcast i think it's jerry i don't know every time jerry bohannon uh former baylor quarterback who was booted for not being as good as another quarterback on the (laughs) roster uh went to usf i'm sorry did anything that i just was anything i just said factually inaccurate no okay cool and he transferred to usf which was a surprising move because a usf is not good and b they had to timmy mcclain who just had a really promising true freshman season um ucf fans even like the dumber ucf fans even used to be like oh you know i wish we had him instead of mikey or all that stuff and uh timmy mcclain was not named the starter jerry bohannon was timmy mcclain's dad went to twitter and said there wasn't even a competition they just handed it to bohannon and timmy mcclain transferred immediately so USF in like a single day, like ruined their future as a program. And I'm sorry, but no matter how you break this down, this was a mistake. It was a mistake. You it, like you. So a couple UCF fan or USF, excuse me, a couple USF fans are playing are like, how is this any different than what UCF did? They brought in a wide receiver from Ole Miss and like, hey, I agree. I'm team Mikey. But at the same time, UCF is in win now mode. So UCF has to make sure that they have the best option possible to helping them win games on the field. USF has been terrible for years. They're rebuilding. They're trying to get back to relevance. And they have a true freshman who was a stud last year and showed a lot of freaking potential. And they're like, no, no, we're going to switch him out for this quarterback who's probably going to help us to maybe one more win than we would have gotten with McLean. And we're going to run off McLean, ruin our relationship with the key Central Florida high school, and just screw everything up. So I have a few tweets. So first off, USF fans were really mad at me when I, I said all this on Twitter. And I also point out, and this is honestly what I think, is that Jeff Scott is in save his job mode and USF needs results. So he's going for the quarterback that he doesn't care about what happens in 2023 or 2024. He just cares about getting results now. So 
uh, USF Bulls country, who for whatever reason follows me and tweets at everything I tweet, um, took issue with that tweet. And he got so upset with me that he added Night Sports Now, the publication that we write for, that this podcast is through, and said, at Night Sports Now, come get your guy. You hired this man? Um, so there's a problem yes, with that. There is a slight problem with that. Uh, Night Sports Now did, in fact, hire me after I created it. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Night Sports Now, a.k.a. myself, for giving me the yeah. job. I'm sorry that I've let myself down by being realistic about USF, but I guess there was a point in time where I could have maybe gotten fired because when it was first founded, it was founded by a group of people. So, <laughs> I mean, sure, I built and controlled the website and the Twitter account, but I don't know. I guess you guys could have like mutinied and been like, we don't want I you control the Twitter account. Oh, I thought I thought I knew where you were going with that. I thought you weren't done. No, go ahead. Where did you think I thought you were going with? with the fact that you co-founded it with uh, our friend Evan Abramson yes. and Evan, Evan Abramson, Abramson one, who now one, works for a TV station whose acronym I've forgotten. Um, Evan one day actually Spectrum NC1. Shout out to Evan at Spectrum NC1. He's, if you're into North Carolina sports, Evan's covering that stuff. So go check out Evan um, interviewing the Duke women's basketball team. Saying you could have been fired. Uh, in fact, Evan did fire you once. So I thought you were saying like, oh, Evan could have fired you oh. again, technically. Well, now we're really in the weeds. But if you're well, still no, you've told the story to listen. Yeah, no. But. So we uh, I yeah, I have. I, so I, I originally got my start in journalism as a student in my sophomore year writing for the Central Florida Future, which was the UCF school newspaper, which may now rest in peace because it closed. Um, it was around for like decades. My dad wrote there before I did. It was very cool to um, get hired there. And Evan was my boss because he was the sports editor at the time. And he fired me. I was covering softball <laughs> and I got fired because um, in the UCF journalism program, I didn't know this at the time. I just thought I'd been fired. I didn't know why. I was very upset. It was a bad day. Um, in the UCF journalism program, you need a certain amount of clips to graduate. Um, you know, like I think it's 20. Was that what it was? You need to have 20 stories. I think so. Which like if you're listening to this and you're not like from journalism, writing 20 stories over four years is the easiest thing in the world. Like I, I probably was writing 20 stories in like probably like a 10 day span at that point. Right. And some seniors somehow got to graduation and had not written 20 things while studying for four years to be a journalist. And that person who shall remain nameless, I actually don't remember their name, um, needed more, more clips. So I got fired so they could cover the softball team and get the rest of the clips they needed. Um, I yeah. hated Evan, Evan so much that we ended up founding Night Sports Now together like a year later. So, so yeah, he, he could have fired you again and you could have been fired, but no, he didn't. And, you know, Night Sports Now has been kind enough. You've been kind enough to yourself to keep yourself on staff. Yeah, I didn't time. mean for Tweet of the Week to get so inside baseball, but uh, <laughs> there we go. Anyway, we're not done. We have another Tweet of the Week. Oh boy. Tweet of the Week, part two. Chris Torello. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you know who he is. Um, Chris Torello had his take on the USF situation, which was a little different than mine. So he tweeted, <laughs> USF fans, do not, do not think about 2023 or potential for a young player or the next one on the depth chart. College football especially at the group of five level is turning into year to year. Jeff Scott knows he needs to win now proven is greater than potential. Today was the most important quarterback decision in program history. Listen, guys, listen, if Don't you are, future. if you are a USF fan and your best defense for what happened today is the future doesn't matter. <laughs> it means that your team made a bad decision. And I'm sorry. I know that we all want to believe that our respective programs we root for are perfect and are mistake proof. But if you are literally your defenses, the future does not matter. Your program made a mistake. Your program made a mistake. I, I man, they, the, other, the other thing for today is just the realization that USF fans are legitimately under the impression that USF is going to be good this year, which I did not realize. And boy, yeah, they, is it uh, going to be a rough year for them. The one guy before that you were mentioning that was asking you 
who also went on to tag some completely different Twitter account and was like, do you get paid by this? Yeah, some Twitter like night that I was, network or something. Sure that it was, was like a high like, school's like broadcasting. It was. Um, yeah, it was high school's broadcasting. So yeah, they don't know. They don't pay Christian because they don't know who he is. Um, but yeah, he was saying that like, this is now, it's a win now for them. Like he said, the last two years have been rebuilding. Now is their year to win, which I don't know. I, I can't imagine that's like a wide, widely held belief among USF fans. It could be. And if it is, I'm sorry. Oh, it, it is wide held. Delusion. Their 247 message boards, at least, that crowd believes they're going to be very good. And I have an awesome message that's pretty fresh from the Bulls 247 board from um, Will Turner, who I believe is the actual staff guy for that. Oh, staff. yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Um, and he posted a uh, update in there that says, this afternoon could get interesting. A source told me that there is, quote, division following today's announcement about the <laughs> So, yeah. You wonder why. I mean, the guy that you've been playing with for over a year now, you've built a relationship with, like, for you to just really this whole time not even include him in an actual competition, and then you just and that's the, And that's away. the difference, because if JRP does win the job, there's no debate in the fact that this was a legitimate competition, and they're going to pick the best quarterback. And it sounds like USF pretty much was like, oh, sweet, we got this transfer. I'm certain they promised Bohannon the job, or he would not have gone there, and that was that. So, good job, yeah. USF. It's great. I don't... That's that's something. It sure It, it surely is. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before, we want, before we get out of here, uh, we want to pay our respects to Lynn Cheek, um, massive UCF super fan, lost her battle with cancer um, over the weekend, long battle, but, um, you know, everybody, everybody that knew her, loved her and, you know, would, would celebrate her any chance they could get. And, um, you know, we didn't feel like we could finish this podcast or go a podcast without mentioning her. And, um, you know, of course, sorry to, to anyone who knew her. It's, it's a tremendous loss for the UCF community. Um, but I think the, the impact she made on so many people and on UCF, um, you know, that's something that is, is definitely worth, worth celebrating. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I never got the chance to meet her in person. Um, I feel the same way. It's like, it's, yeah. it's sad. I, I she seemed did. like a light to everyone she met. I mean, she was just such a huge part of UCF Twitter and the UCF community. And it, it's, it's so, so sad. And yeah, our thoughts go out to everyone who knew her and just, yeah, it's, yeah. And, you know, I, I know like there's been a lot of a lot of UCF players, UCF coaches have have posted messages and I can only imagine what they're going to put together for, for the season opener. I'm sure it's going to be. It's been really, um, really sweet to see the UCF athletics reaction, yeah. the coaches, the players, everything. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's uh, tough news to, to end on, but we'll be back next week uh, with episode 88. Uh, until then, you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams 22 at by CA Simmons and at night sports now. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Rest in peace, Miss Lynn.